Hey, history lovers, I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. I remember the day my son Sam was born almost 12 years ago, like it just happened. I wore a Life is Good shirt. It seemed appropriate to throw that on when my wife Megan went into labor. My parents and in-laws sat in a waiting room watching General Hospital. We all waited. For hours and hours, we waited. And then, when the moment arrived, when Sam came into the world with a burst of cries, the delivery room turned into a scene of organized chaos. I looked over, and a nurse almost immediately whisked Sam to a table, listening to his heart with a stethoscope, checking his skin, tapping around. I had just witnessed the miracle of birth, and now I was observing a series of tests that have been performed on millions of newborns since the early 1950s. The APGAR test. APGAR. A-P-G-A-R. It's a remarkable word because it's both an acronym and a name. The last name of one of the most important physicians in medical history, Dr. Virginia Apgar. Dr. Apgar is the creator of the Apgar score, a clinical evaluation made within 60 seconds of birth that determines the baby's overall condition and chances for survival. The Apgar score is standard procedure in virtually every country in the world. That's the actress Catherine Crosby, honoring Apgar at a March of Dimes event in 1973. Cosby also praised the doctor for making the world a better, less painful place for infants. Like my son Sam, just about every baby born in the United States since the 1950s has undergone the APGAR test, which stands for Appearance, Pulse, Grimace, Activity, and Respiration. Performed at one minute and five minutes after birth, the test is a series of scores given describing the baby's heart rate, reflexes, skin color, muscle tone, and respiratory effort. The APGAR test quickly helps doctors determine whether infants have come through the birthing process okay and whether any potentially serious issues need to be addressed immediately to save the baby's life. The higher the score, the better. For APGAR, the doctor, not the acronym, developing the test took years of research and attending thousands of births. She also had to overcome something that Crosby more than hinted at in her tribute. When Dr. Apgar was asked if she had encountered sexual discrimination in medical school, she said, never. You just have to be twice as smart as the men in your class. Born in 1909, Apgar grew up in New Jersey. As a child, her brother died at age four from tuberculosis, a moment that would define her. Apgar's father sold insurance, but dabbled in science, especially astronomy. Like him, she took an interest in science and attended Mount Holyoke College in Massachusetts, majoring in zoology. She went to Columbia University Medical School with the intention of becoming a surgeon. But back then, in the 1930s, Medicine was dominated by men. Men like the chairman of Columbia's surgical department, who discouraged Apgar from going any further 
with the surgery idea. Instead, she pursued anesthesiology and took a particular interest in newborns and infant mortality rates. The National Library of Medicine says that in an age before big data, APGAR collaborated with other physicians on a 12-institution study involving 17,221 babies to establish the score as a predictor of survival and development. APGAR was fast-talking, and she could be, how to put it, well, a bit brusque. She suffered no fools and was adamant that obstetricians, again, most of them were men, not perform her test, as she explained during a lecture in 1966. One person I'm sure shouldn't do this story, and that is the obstetrician. He is completely tied up with the family, and he has to answer for this later. They're much too high. But there's still a very good observer, whom I think is being overlooked, and in the majority of hospitals, this person could do it. And this is the circulating nurse, the circulating obstetrical nurse, not the ones that come through and change every two months, or the residents who come through and change... Some 20 years, she knows a lot about babies. Apgar devoted the rest of her life to her test and to infants. She never married, and she never had kids of her own. But she earned just about every possible award in her field. The U.S. Postal Service, they put her on a stamp. She has been celebrated during Women's History Month. And last year, Google marked what would have been her 109th birthday with a doodle of her on its search page. Apgar passed away at age 65 in 1974, not long after the March of Dimes ceremony. Dr. Virginia Apgar, the woman of the year in science and research. In her lifetime, she was present for tens of thousands of births. Her legacy lives on every day in the delivery room, from my son's little sister, Emmy, and well beyond. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. This episode features a lecture recorded by Audio Digest, now a division of Walters Kluwer. For more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod.